was the Kansas State game Missouri's Super Bowl? And plus, were we kind of lame for rushing the field? Well, you know what? Let's address this and other sore loser arguments coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And you know what? Today, I want to start with you know, some, some sore loser arguments, quite honestly, because when I heard, when I saw a bunch of Kansas state fans online complaining that, well, you know, this was Missouri super bowl, that type of deal. You want to talk about some real sore loser stuff. You're going to complain that what the other team wanted it more or tried harder than you did. Well, you know, maybe if you want to tell yourself that for the future of this season, if you're Kansas State, hey, go right ahead. That That's fine by me. But I will say all my interactions with Kansas State fans at the game were, were fine, but the sort of vocal online portion of the Kansas State fan base and some of their media, well, they continue to be a little bit tough to take. I got to be honest, especially in a world where after the Kansas State game last year, there was a billboard put out on the way out of the state of Kansas on I-70, I believe, basically with Deuce Vaughn, the Kansas State running back after that big Kansas State win last year in Manhattan, putting up the Tyreek Hill peace sign and saying, hey, deuces, that kind of deal, have a safe journey, whatever it was. So just to act like that, well, Missouri cared more than we did, Ah, let's settle down just a tiny bit. Now, don't get me wrong. This was a game that Missouri fans and the team itself that had circled on its calendar for a long time. And sure, the old the old feelings of the Big 12 and Big 8 rivalry of, of days gone by had something to do with it. But quite honestly, Kansas State fans had a lot more to do with the fact that, just from my perspective, I have a lot of respect for your squad. I think Kansas State... It was just a great opponent for Missouri non-conference early in this game, regardless if they were in the next state over or they were from the state of Hawaii. It doesn't really matter in terms of the quality of opponent. But I will say, if you are a Kansas State fan, you may not be aware that Missouri for the last 10 years, basically, with the exception of one year in 2018, well, we drop a game every September. And when that happens, it just tends to let a lot of the momentum and air out of the balloon, if you will, in terms of excitement for the Missouri football season. And also taking the rushing the field is evidence that, well, obviously this was the most important game Missouri's played in 10 years or whatever. Listen, I would have actually agreed with you if Missouri had won somewhat convincingly. Maybe they won the game by 10 points. They take a knee there at the end of the ball game. If Missouri fans would have rushed the field under those circumstances, I could have seen making fun of them a little bit. But on a 61-yard field goal at the buzzer to win the game for Missouri, 
Yeah, I think that's a big exception to the rule there. And I'll just say in the past, there have definitely been times where I've made fun of Missouri fans for rushing the floor back in the day in basketball circa 2002 or so when we beat Virginia, a team that was technically ranked but had dropped a couple ball games heading into that Missouri game. Also, Kansas in 2002. That one was not a, a memorable rushing of the field for me either. I was a student and chose to remain in my seats. But the next year I rushed for the Nebraska game. So I'm not anti-rushing the field either. I'm just saying for Kansas State fans to make fun of Missouri fans here, boy, you want to talk about sour grapes and sore loser action. You know, again, to be fair, a lot of Kansas State fans tipped their hat and said good game. I'm sure they're going to have a good season this year. Again, a lot of respect for that program. But if you're doing the the sort of, oh, they, they played their A-plus game, they got lucky, that kind of deal, I don't even agree with that, by the way, because actually while Missouri definitely played its best game so far of the 2023 season this past Saturday, I don't think that was their A game whatsoever because while Brady Cook played excellent, there was that period there, especially in the middle part of the game where Brady got banged up and suddenly the Missouri offense wasn't really clicking on all cylinders again. I thought the injury itself initially killed that drive. There was also multiple, you know, pre-snap penalties by Missouri that I thought a couple of them killed one drive in particular. Obviously the the final drive that ended up with the 61-yard field goal. There were a couple mistakes coaching-wise just managing the game by Missouri. So to me, this idea that, well, Missouri played perfect and they're never going to play better all season, actually, I'm more encouraged than that. I think Missouri can play better than what they showed on Saturday. And frankly, again, let's say maybe Mevis's kick comes up short in a hypothetical world and, and Kansas State gets the better of Missouri in overtime. I really would have been encouraged. Sure, I would have been heartbroken for sure. But at the same time, I just think Missouri proved that they are, a, at the very least, a borderline top 25 team. And by the way, that's where they were voted this past week. Just came out in the AP poll. Missouri just outside of the top 25 there, ranking 27th, I guess, ranked when you're unranked. But you know what I'm saying. They're the second highest vote getters outside of the top 25. And honestly, I'm actually kind of happy just from a psychological perspective, from a Eli Drinkwitz selling this next game to Missouri perspective, because this Memphis game coming up on Saturday here in St. Louis in the Dome, boy, does that have all the makings of a trap game or what? The Tigers minus seven-point favorites right now over at FanDuel, and the Memphis Tigers have absolutely everything in the world to play for this coming week. So if you want to say that this is Memphis's Super Bowl, quote-unquote, well, sort of like this was a huge, obviously, circle it on the calendar game for Missouri, I would actually totally agree with you there. This is a solid Memphis program that, outside of maybe Central Florida, maybe the best power, the, the best, excuse me, the best group of five non-Power 5 team out there. And there's something really to play for there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe... The top non-Power 5 team does get a shot into the New York New Year's Day 6 bowl setup there. So again, Memphis, this is a huge game for their program. Obviously, 
not a not a road game for them, a neutral site game. Heck, University of Memphis, not too much farther than it is from Columbia to St. Louis. So a real opportunity here for the Memphis Tigers to get a win over a Power 5 team. And if you're Missouri, you lose this game next week, well, all that momentum and positive feelings you gained off the Kansas State win goes out the window a little bit. So this is just a gigantic week for Missouri once again. And to me, just not being ranked is not the worst thing in the world because Eli Drinkwitz can sell his team going into St. Louis this week that, hey, you guys beat a top 15 team this week and nobody believes in you. Still, nobody believes in you. Your your quarterback got booed in the pregame introductions. You can sell all this stuff to him. And, you know, coming off what is obviously a really emotional victory for the Tigers, I think they're going to need every edge they can get against Memphis. And in the stadium the last couple weeks, Missouri has highlighted the Mo miracle, the late play by TJ Mo, the long touchdown against San Diego State of the 2010 season, one of the more famous plays in Missouri history. Well, the Tigers had a bit of a miracle on Saturday as well in this 2023 season, starting to remind me of 2010 just a little bit. And I want to explain that coming up, but you know what? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This episode of Locked on Mizzou is sponsored by BetterHelp. And, you know, sometimes you ever find that when you're trying to fall asleep, your brain suddenly won't stop talking. Well, your thoughts just start racing right before bed or at other inopportune moments. Well, that could be telling you something. That could be your brain telling you that you have problems that are unresolved. Well, I'll tell you, I think if you're starting, if you're thinking about starting therapy, you should definitely give BetterHelp a try because a lot of people are resistant to therapy, but BetterHelp is a great option if you're that type of person because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. That's a big that's a big stopping point for a lot of people too. A big obstacle is just finding the time. Well, BetterHelp makes that a lot easier for all of you. So get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnCollege today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnCollege. And be sure to check out Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 10 a.m. to noon central on my Locked On Mizzou YouTube channel and on every Locked On College YouTube channel as well. Going to cover the playoffs, the rivalry games, going in-depth like only our Locked On insiders can, giving you their insights on their team Every day, find Locked On College Football kickoff live every Friday from 10 a.m. to noon central on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. And certainly I feel bad for you if you missed that Missouri-Kansas State game. One of the all-time great finishes, without a doubt. And it felt appropriate that, well, the T.J. Moe miracle play was played in the stadium and celebrated during that game. And you know what? Just as a quick note, it's called the Mo Miracle, but you could just as easily call it the Jarrell Jackson block 
play as he takes out the two Aztec defenders on that play to truly spring the play for TJ Moe. So Jarrell Jackson, to me, has always gotten a little bit short shrift there, as the blocker often does, right? The guy who carries the ball gets all the glory, but the guy who throws the key block taking out two players definitely deserves a lot of the credit. But speaking of somebody else who who deserves some credit, by the way, really quickly here, just before that 61-yard game winner by Harrison Mevis, my father-in-law asked me, if that kick had a chance, if, he, if I thought Harrison Mevis could get it there from 61 yards, and I said, I think he can, but the snap and the hold have got to be perfect. And you know what? When I looked back and watched that closely, I think it was a good snap. I don't know if it was a perfect snap, but it was a good snap. A little bit high. Luke Bauer, though, a perfect hold. No doubt about that. Luke Bauer, the sophomore kicker from DeSmet High School in St. Louis, just wanted to give him... Another shout-out, a great job, obviously, getting that ball down. Missouri's obviously had had some issues with snapping and holding the first two weeks of the season, but at the absolute clutch moment of his life, well, Luke Bauer did what he had to do, and while Harrison Mevis, like T.J. Moe, is going to get all the glory, Luke Bauer is the Jarrell Jackson of that play, in my opinion, because without him... That whole thing doesn't happen. So a shout out to him. And also just thinking back to that 2010 season, obviously when Missouri was looking like they were going to get upset there early in the season before the Mo Miracle play happens, well, a lot of Missouri fans were grumbling in the stands, probably myself included, I'm sure. And even after pulling out that victory, I doubt that there's a lot of fans that would have predicted at that moment that Missouri would go on to have another one of its greatest moments of all time that season when they beat number one Oklahoma at home. Of course, the famous college game day, day, the whole deal. Just one of the great moments in the history of Missouri football, to be sure. So my point is, it does occur to me that, yes, while I was certainly among the people in the first couple weeks of the season that was vocal and my displeasure with the Missouri offense and my disappointment in the Missouri offense, it's really important to remind ourselves that early in the season here, non-conference football in September, while yes, for fan engagement and just excitement in general, getting off to a good start is really important. It's certainly losing a ball game in September or even, even more to the point, winning a ball game in September, maybe not with as many style points as you would like, isn't necessarily a harbinger of doom. For sure, statistically, again, you blow opponents out like that, yeah, it's usually a harbinger of good things in the future. But again, at the same time, one event, one game is a small sample size, and we can't overanalyze it either. So perhaps the first couple of weeks of the season, maybe I was guilty of overanalyzing the Missouri offense the first couple weeks, but you know what? Week three, the Missouri offense looked completely different, much like the unit I was hoping to see the first couple weeks, even though they weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but just the fact that Missouri took my advice, wink, wink, I'm not saying they really took my advice, but they did do exactly what I suggested, run a lot more play action, it was effective, just makes me gives me a lot more hope for the rest of the season, as does what I thought was an excellent, excellent red zone play drawn up and designed by Kirby Moore that got 
Brady Cook a key touchdown on a fourth down in that ball game. So you know what? I want to pull that play up here in a little bit. But first, now is time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. And much like Brady Cook, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic brews that actually taste good. And again, Brady Cook, if he's going to run around like Cam Newton on design plays and actually Missouri's going to be willing to aggressively attack more down the field. Well, I think that's going to be a huge game changer for the rest of the season and this Missouri offense. And you know what? Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic brews that actually taste good, and their brews are award-winning, beating out full-strength beers in global competitions. And with over 50 styles of craft non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. They're bound to have something that is for you, and it's fit for all times. All types of morning endeavors, any types of social situations, because it's non-alcoholic brews, again, fit for all times. So find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic beers at a store near you or online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. Now, there was quite a bit of talk after Missouri's first two ball games that perhaps Eli Drinkwitz and Kirby Moore were saving stuff for Kansas State. And I thought some of that talk was a little bit overrated, honestly. You know, just some of the basic offense should just look better against MTSU and against South Dakota than it did. But without rehashing that for the umpteenth time here, it is pretty clear that, well, they held back at some some good quarterback-designed runs for Brady Cook that they did not put on film the first two weeks. And in particular, this short yardage play here, fourth down and goal from the one-yard line, Missouri had had its struggles the first couple weeks in short yardage. But right here, a really good play design by Kirby Moore and Eli Drinkwitz. Let's just bring it up here. One thing that's interesting to note, even though it's fourth down and one here, the Tigers are not in a jumbo package eye formation where they're just putting in seven offensive linemen, essentially, and trying to just mash it through the A-gap. Quite honestly, as the years go along here, I think that gets harder and harder to execute for teams. I just think defenses, for whatever reason, have figured out how to defend that type of play more easily. So what you see here, you actually see Missouri with three wide receivers here in what is presumably a, hey, let's mash it up the middle and get a first down type of play. Well, what first of all, what that does is it gets Luther Burden on the field in the slot. And one thing, if you're a really, really good player, one thing you'll notice on film is you get a ton of attention defensively. Well, obviously, Burden is not only being productive, he is now effective as a decoy as well. Watch Burden here. He comes in motion. 21 follows him to the other side of the field. And then at the snap of the football, oh, we fake the action to Burden. And watch what happens here. 
Not only does 21 who follows Burden here, he's got him man-to-man, obviously, here. Well, he takes himself out of the play, essentially. Watch who else takes himself out of the play. Number 32 here on the right side of your screen, on the back side of the defense. Well, he has to stay home here on the back side. He's got to make sure that Burden does not do anything with the football here. He's, he's, the, he's the last man of defense here for all intents and purposes. Also, number 22 stays at home on Burden. So essentially, you've not got one, but two, but three guys are unblocked because they're that worried about Luther Burden getting the football. Just this little fake pitch here going against the flow of the actual play. I mean, this is a really easy touchdown for Brady Cook. Obviously, give the blockers a ton of credit here, too. But to me, I just think the play, the design of this play is absolutely brilliant. Cody Schrader, a lead blocker, too, on this play. Brady Cook, since he doesn't have to hand the ball off, that gives you another another body. I mean, my goodness, there's just not enough. After you've taken out three guys, essentially, on Luther Burden, there's basically not going to be enough Wildcat defenders there to make the play. So, obviously, defensively, there's going to have to be an adjustment there for Missouri's opponents. You don't want to be as aggressive on the Burden pitch as the Wildcats were there. But, man, I, I don't really have a great answer of how you're supposed to defend this at first glance. So this is an excellent play here by Kirby Moore and Eli. And you know what? I appreciate all of you for making the excellent decision to make Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. And for you, every day or tomorrow on the show, we'll talk a little bit more about this Kansas State game, of course, including a hilarious interaction I had with a Missouri usher this past weekend. You won't want to miss that. So you know what? Until then, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Thank you.